silent word of prayer, seeing as how we treat in this prayer meeting, um, we're sharing a thought, a continue with a thought from last, from the past Sabbath, um, the signs of Christ's coming. You know, as a theme we've been, the Lord's been opening up that we've been building on in relation to marriage and the Sabbath on, and, all, and all the things taking place here in this earth. So as we continue with this thought, I pray that this evening it will be a blessing helping us to understand the, the hour in which we live um, and making things a little bit more clear. But um, before we begin, shall we open up with a silent word of prayer? Amen. Um, as we said, um, last Sabbath we were going over the signs of Christ's coming, that one of the signs that marks his coming, he says, as it was in the days of Noah. And in the last presentation in part one, um, I've sent the notes in the chat. Um, these, I added some few things to it, to, to, to these notes. But in the last one, um, the disciples asked Christ um, two questions. Um, he, he, in Matthew 23, he says that the, the temple is going to be destroyed. Um, and he also said they're not going to see him again until they see him in his coming. So this, this inspired a thought in the disciples' mind, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Christ takes up some in interesting points in, points in history. To First, he takes up the explanation of the signs that leads to Jerusalem's destruction, and then he takes up the explanation that points down to his second coming. And, and Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21 is laid out in an interesting way. You have the destruction of Jerusalem illustrated, the signs of Christ coming to the judgment, and the signs of his coming after the judgment. And this is how Matthew 24 laid out those things. And in one of those, one of those signs, Christ says, as it was in the days of Noah. So Christ chose the story of Noah and Lot as an illustration of the end of the world. And when you go to the story of, of Noah, the, God said to Noah, the end of all things is come up before me. So the whole chapter of Genesis 6 is, is giving you principles of the end of a world or end of a system or end of, of or, or the end of anything that reaches this point. And then when you go to the time of Lot, Lot lived in Sodom at the time of its end because the angels, um, the, the, the cry of Sodom came up before God and the Lord went down to, to investigate to see if it's worthy of destruction. So in those two stories, you, you have things illustrated that it's in the end that the Lord is going to do an investigation before he overthrows any city. And, and so you have all many information and details in there. But what we've, the, the point that was isolated is the one dealing with marriage and eating and drinking and all of these different things. So you see um, in Genesis 6, um, as we said in the last presentation, that the disciple says, what is the sign of thy coming and of the end? 
And Christ says, go to the story of Noah, because the story of Noah is about the end. And we saw that um, when Babylon came to its end, it manifested the same spirit. And when Egypt came to its end, it manifested the same thing. So when America comes to its end, it's going to manifest the same thing. And, and um, one of the signs of America coming to its end is the issue with marriage. Um, in 1798, when America came up in the beginning, which we're going to look at um, a little bit, in 1798, this was the beginning of the end because it's called the time of the end. But America didn't come up there um, attacking marriage. America came up there actually with the right concept of marriage, the separation of church and state. That, that while the church and the state is married to this land because it's in its constitution, that, that, they, that the, the woman is not to, to, to rule in the relationship and the man is not to interfere with, with, with things pertaining to God. While he's to interfere with things pertaining to the rights of men, he has no place in, um, in dealing with issues of worship and, 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 and taking the Lord's name in vain, things of that nature. And the woman is not to involve herself with the civil government telling them how to punish and, and, and do all of those things. So they had a right concept of marriage um, at the time of the end. But Matt, um, Jesus says when you, this one of the signs of the end is when the people who had a right concept of marriage now have a wrong understanding of marriage. And in Genesis 1, the sons of God, which we saw last week, they had a right concept of marriage. But when they came to the end, they had a wrong understanding of marriage. They left the commandment that the Lord taught them in the beginning. Adam and Eve was to be separate. Adam taught his descendants correctly. And, and the daughters of the, 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 the children of Cain, they taught an incorrect view of marriage. And this led to the land being filled with violence. And when you come to the end, there's going to be a mingling with the sons of God, with the daughters of men. And um, this is what we're going to build up on, on this theme. So this is what we saw last week. So we're going to jump over the, 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 in the notes on um, the top of page 9, and we're going to go down to, the, to this quote from um, MS 200. She says, The sons of God were thus called because they were the visible worshipers. The openly wicked were descendants of Cain. Enoch did not take up his abiding place among them because the sight of the eyes and the hearing of the ears were dangerous to his family. So what is one of the signs of the end of the world? Hearing and seeing. Um, hearing and seeing is going to be something that's a, that, that, that is going to affect families at the end of the world. And these, many of these things we're seeing um, taking place around us. So this, this is one of the, 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 the signs of the last days, that seeing and hearing is going to be a big thing at the end of the world. He lived away in country places. Retired and at set times he visited the wicked inhabitants to bear his testimony in harmony with the message that would be borne by Noah and other sons of God. So the work of warning was constantly going on. So when you come to the end of the world, the work of warning is to be constantly going on till the end. But we're going to identify when the, when the end of the world is. So let's look at 2 Timothy 3, 1-5. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the powers thereof from such turn away. 
Paul is here talking about the sons of God. He, um, this he says, because they have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Well, we're going to look at the power that the sons of God denied. And when they, den when they deny this power, they're going to develop a love for pleasures and all of these things. So Paul is dealing with the sons of God. And we're going to see that in Millerite history, the sons of God, they, they denied the power thereof. Because the first angel's message went forward in what? In power. In power. Um, she, um, uh, I forgot how she put um, how she says it in GC. It was a glo yes, a glorious manifestation of the power of God. She says the Advent movement of 1840, 1844 was a glorious manifestation of the power of God. And the Protestants, the sons of God at that time, denied the powers thereof. And because they denied that power thereof, we're going to see that this is going to lead to the earth being filled with violence. So at some point, in the, in the time of Noah, the sons of God began to deny the power thereof. And we're going to see what the power, because she says Enoch preached it. Enoch preached it before Noah. So somewhere along the line, I, I kind of believe Noah's like the third angel's message. And, and, and then you have um, Enoch's, Enoch's, Enoch's the first, Methuselah's the second. Amen. So when the second ceases, what comes? The third angel, right? The, the flood comes and, and, and so forth. So, in the, so you... Yeah. yeah, amen. So Enoch was a teacher. He taught them the first angel's message, and they denied the power thereof, and this led them to set up a false image, which is a false marriage of marrying the, 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 the daughters of men, which is the daughters of Cain. So when you come down to 1989, we're going to see the sons of God, which we saw Ronald Reagan marrying who? The Pope. The, the Pope. Marrying the daughters of men. Um, and, and so and Protestants is going to do the same from that point on. They've been doing it throughout the, throughout the history, but it's going to be more prominent in this time, in 1989. So she says, the reason why I'm highlighting this is because of this next quote. All may read the signs of the times and see, and do what? See. And see whither the world is drifting. Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in, in the days of the Son of Man. Why is this important? We, um, we must see the natural signs um, that tell us where we are in the end in order to understand the spiritual signs that does the same. That's why I have that there. If we don't recognize the natural signs, we're not going to comprehend the spiritual signs. We can't overlook the natural signs of the end of the world because these also, this is why we're learning about um, marriage. Amen. This, the Lord wants us to understand this because a correct understanding of this is going to help us understand the spiritual. The Lord wants us to understand that when cities are destroyed by a natural flood, natural disaster, natural fire, um, the Twin Towers was, was a natural destruction. But the, the one that's going to be in the Sunday law is going to be more of a spiritual destruction in nature. We may not see planes flying to buildings. We may just see buildings just come right down. Um, and uh, just like that, they just come down. Like when, um, what's his name? Jericho. Yes, yeah. amen. Jericho. They didn't do a single thing in Jericho. It just came down. And, but the, the towers is, an, is, is pointing to that when the buildings are just going to come down without a, moment, without a warning. Because as you, I praise God, as you said, Jericho, but a spiritual to Jericho was Herod. When the angel came down and just smote him, he was a building that just came down. No explanation. But if you understood Jericho, 
You'll understand that because they're teaching the same thing. Amen. Um, so it's going. So the Lord wants us to recognize these natural natural signs because she says all may read the signs of the times, the, the, the laws that are being passed, COVID, um, the, 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 the wars and, and the floods and all these things, all may read and see where the world is drifting. So go down to John 3. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things or spiritual things? So if we don't believe these natural signs that Christ told us will be, he said, as it was in the days of Noah. So the Lord expects us to see these things with our eyes and hear these things with our ears. And if we don't believe these things, how are we going to believe when he tells us of spiritual things? He's about to tell us how the marriage is going to be formed with the image to the beast and the image of the beast. But if we don't believe these natural things, then we won't comprehend those things that he's going to show us. Which we Can we see them now? No, not the natural one. Can we see the marriage taking the alliance and all these things working out? No, it's making its way how? In darkness, but by the natural signs, they're letting us know that they're actually taking place, that they're happening. Amen. By the, so the Lord is showing us the unseen by the seen. But that's just the earthly view. The, in, in our Daniel 11 series, we showed that the, the, the thing Daniel 11 actually teach, the Lord lined up the events in Daniel 11 to mimic or image the events that's going to take place in heaven. So those natural events is showing us spiritual things that take place in heaven. So if we don't believe these natural things, such as um, um, when, when Christ was born in the time of Caesar Augustus, when the whole world was of one language, and we saw in our Daniel 11 series that when the, the whole universe was one, when the fullness of time was come, when all the universe agreed, all the, the, the nations that God has made agreed, Christ came, and we saw that that natural event was teaching us something in heaven. But if we don't believe these natural fulfillment, how are we going to believe the spiritual? So the Lord is trying to teach us how to really read the signs of the times, and not only read them, but pay attention to them. Because she says in the quote, all may read the signs of the times and see whether the world is drifting. Uh, let's go down to the next quote. The signs of the times are what? Plain. And startling, look into the where? Into the papers that flood our world. Fill with recitals of daily crimes committed not only in the lower walks of life, but also among the higher classes. Those who occupy positions of trust, who are placed as guardians of the people, people's interests are, are untrue to their responsibility. There is an embezzlement and fraud. Public money is stolen and not one tithe of these corrupt transactions come to the light of day, and we do not see to what extent the wickedness of the world exists. The youth of our time are re receiving their education from the evil doings of these wicked but honored men of the world. Theft, murder, adultery, corruption, every sin that, ha that has a name prevails to an awful extent. She's just telling you, look at the natural signs, because this is what Christ has says, as it was in the days of Noah. What we just read here was the days of Noah. And she just put it all in just this one, this, one, this one paragraph. But all her writings, when she talks about the days of Noah, she highlights these. She isolates certain things, and she draws them out. So the point is, Christ wants us to see these natural events, that we're to highlight them and show people where we are in relation to these things. And in previous studies, we show that before, before we saw the sign of Cestius, 
There was wars and rumors of wars and natural disasters. And Christ says, when you shall see all these natural things, then what, do we, what does he say? These are just the beginning of sorrows. And the end is not yet. But when you shall see what? Amen. But what's the problem with that? That sign was spiritual. And who, who's the only ones who understood it? Because they understood the previous sign. They understood the previous sign. So when they saw Cestius, this is the one the Lord was talking about. Even though they literally saw Cestius, they knew that a destruction, something spiritual, was about to take place. Amen. Shortly. And they fled the city of Jerusalem. So likewise with us, when the, when the abomination of desolation is connected, if we don't heed the previous signs, then we're not going to take heed to, the, to, the, to that sign. Because she says the Jews... The previous signs, they interpreted them wrong. They thought it was signs of their deliverance and not really signs of their, of their destruction to come. Yeah. Um, so remember the, what we read earlier, that Paul says, and denying the what? Powers thereof. So let's look at By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world. And became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And and um second Peter, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world on the on the ungodly. All right, so go down. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is a what? The power. power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the what? righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The Bible says Noah was, teaches us Noah was a just man. So he was living by faith. How was he living by? The first angel's message that was taught by Enoch. Noah was living by faith to that message that, no, that Enoch taught him. And in that message Enoch was teaching, there was the righteousness of Christ revealed. And note, Methuselah, Enoch, Methuselah, Noah, they all taught the same thing. They're symbols of the first, the second, and third angel's message. And I didn't put in here the first angel's message, I probably did, where it says, And I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having an everlasting gospel to do what? To preach. And there is the power of God. And remember what I said earlier, this message arrived in 1798, and we're going to see why it arrived in 1798, why it had to arrive at that time, and it was preached. The power of God was preached, revealing to men things not seen as yet to prepare for the judgment and the wrath of God to come. But the Protestants denied the preaching, the power thereof. They would not receive the righteousness that was revealed. And the Lord showed them the judgment by 1798. He showed them the judgment, so they're not, they're not ignorant of the judgment of what happened to someone who corrupts marriage, who unites the church with the state. They came out of the wilderness with a right understanding of marriage, of the separation of church and state, and they're preparing to go back into the wilderness when you come to 1989, having a false understanding of marriage, the separation of church and state, even though the judgments of God was clearly shown to them in 1798. And this is what we're going to go on. So Paul says he's not ashamed of it. Let's continue. He says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. 
For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, the sons of God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination. The, 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 the imagination of their hearts was what? Evil continually. So when the Protestants deny the power thereof, what's their imagination going to be? Evil continually. And, and it's going to lead them down to a point where they disregard marriage, the separation of church and state. But one of the signs of that is the destruction of natural marriage. That's one of the signs that we've reached the history when the church is going to unite with the state. That's what 1989 was designed to show. This is the history where church and state unite. But before church and state can unite, natural marriage must be decimated. And the reason for natural marriage being decimated is because the sons of God rejected the power of God that taught them correct marriage. And if they had received the first angel's message, Babylon would have never fallen. They would have never aligned themselves with false teaching. And then marriage would have been destroyed by the time you come down to 1989. The world would have, would have by the grace of God, received the message and they would have that message would have kept out the man of sin, but not only would have kept out the man of sin, it would have kept out the spirit of evil that is only seeking to overthrow the, the commandments of God. So let's continue back with Paul. It says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory, remember that, and changed the glory of the un uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. The image beast is going to make an image like unto, the, uh, like unto a corruptible man. And this corruptible man is the man of sin. This is the man of corruption, this man of sin. It says, God um, corrupt and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. What are they going to become, Revelation 18? A cage of every unclean and hateful bird. This is all dealing with, with, with um, um, the end of the world, but this is what happened in the beginning of the world as well. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, this is the days of Sodom. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burning their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, co covenant breakers, without natural affection, in, in, implacable, unmerciful, who, knowing the judgments of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Yes, it's all of them. Who known the judgment of God? Ah, the this is the whole world, but this yes, verse says that this is Adventist because it says, For the hour of his judgment, judgment is come. come. And it begins at the Jews. Amen. The who knowing the judgment of God, exactly. that they that do such things, they know that if they do this thing that the papacy did, the papacy received the judgment of God. Protestants, Adventists know this know thing. That, yeah. 
but then what are they going to do? Make an image. They're going to make the image. When you go to the antediluvian world, I have here, they knew the judgment of God. She says the Garden of Eden was right there. And they, no matter how much they saw it, what couldn't they do? They couldn't go in there. They could not. So they knew the judgments of God. And Adam was there to teach them. Adam and Eve formed the wrong image. They, had a, they formed an unlawful relationship. What happened to them? They were cast out of the garden. And um, they, they received their punishment and so forth. Same thing with the papacy. It was cast out and received their punishment. The Protestants, Adventists all know the judgments of God. Who knowing it that they which do so, such things? The sons of God knew the judgments of God. They saw what happened to Cain. They knew what happened to Cain. That, that murdering, his murder made him barren. The earth couldn't curse, bring, yeah, yeah he brought a curse. So if they filled the land with violence, they knew that the judgment of God was going to make the earth barren. And that's what happened to the, to the earth. It didn't bring, the flood made it in, impossible for it to bring forth anything um, and so forth. So let's go down to, jump over corrupt offerings. Um, this one I'll probably put in another study. It was a nice thought, um, offering corrupt offerings. But I, 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 there was something I, I needed in order to include it. So I'm going to jump over that and just go down to offering continue. It's a nice thought with, with a corrupt offering. Bringing a, a maim or blemish offering corrupts the land. It corrupts the earth. We can't offer to God an offering with blemishes and spots and wrinkles because it would only corrupt the earth. And so it's nice when you look at that. And she brings in sickness and diseases. And, and it, so it's nice when you look at it. But we're going to jump over that um, for right now and go down to the bottom of 16. The bottom of, bottom of, yeah, 16. Corrupt continues. It says, The iniquity prevailing in Israel during the last half century before the Assyrian captivity was similar to that which prevailed in the days of Noah and which has prevailed in every age. When men have rejected God and given themselves wholly to evil doing, Always the exaltation of nature above the God of nature. The worship of the creature instead of the creator. They yeah. worship the beast and, and, and they, they made an image of the beast. This is them worshiping the creature. This is always the result. What does she say? In every age. So you can go to Egypt, see the same thing. Babylon, see the same thing. The Medes and the Persians, the same thing. It's the same, but each recorded, each recorded history is giving us a different view of the same thing. So we're getting more information. Like you go to Babylon. Belshazzar made a feast. He drank out of the cup. So you're getting a view of what it was just before. Um, um, Cyrus. Yeah, Cyrus. Not not that. Before the, the flood came. And oh, before right. Sodom came. Um, Sodom was destroyed. Amen. Before the destruction. Each is giving you this view of this. What's going on? She said, the, the worship of the creature instead of the creator has resulted in the, in the grossest evils. She says, that's how it was in the days of Noah. This is how it was. This led to the grossest of evils. Now, and that's what I love about the Bible. The Lord don't need to give us all that information in Genesis 6, but yet he gave us all that information in different parts of the Bible. And when we bring these things together, as we're told to do in Miller, Miller says to understand doctrine, bring, um, to understand, bring all the scriptures together on the subject you wish to understand. And if you can form your theory without a contradiction, um, you cannot be in error. So what is our doctrine? The end of the world. So when you bring all the ends together and, 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 and form a theory, they each help you to understand the end of the world. So you know what signs, you know what specific signs 
that you're looking for because she says it's the same in all ages. So when you bring Noah and you bring Sodom, because Sodom had a beginning. The beginning of Sodom was like Genesis 12, I think. Yeah, Genesis 12, 13. They had a beginning. That's not what you would bring. You would bring that here at the time of the end because America had a beginning. This is where you will begin it because she says Sodom was like the Garden of Eden. What was the United States? The Garden of Eden. This is America's beginning. Where did Adam and Eve begin? In the Garden of Eden. When were they cast out? When they made an image. So when is America going to be cast out? When they make an image. It's, it's, it's the same thing that, that you see throughout all ages. She says um, Jerusalem was like the Garden of Eden. Babylon was like the Garden of Eden. And so forth. And as you come down, that's how they were in the beginning. She said, Daniel 4 says, Nebuchadnezzar was this great tree. That was Babylon's beginning. But it corrupted itself over time. So to understand the end, bring all the ends together. And, and then you have a view now. So now you know this is what I'm looking for. And the clearest evidence that we're in the end is marriage. That's why Christ gave that in Matthew 24. And, um, you see it with the end of, end of a week, the last day of the week, the yeah, Sabbath. Amen. So Amen. then all those times show you that the last fight will be on that, That's Sabbath. nice. Yeah. Amen. That's so, nice. Amen. Yeah, the end, the so that means in every peace, generation, peace, yeah. the, the, they, even in the days of Noah, the battle was actually the Sabbath. Sabbath yeah, it was actually over worship. You know, but but to understand the issues that will be on the Sabbath battle, marriage is what the Lord highlights there. To understand what will be in Sodom, uh, unnatural marriage is what God highlights there. To understand the Sabbath issue with Belshazzar is a feast that is highlighted there. To understand the issue with with Egypt, I don't know what you will highlight more than um, Pharaoh's obstinance and and, yeah, the killing the firstborn. So all of those is Sabbath issues that's going to be in the, the issue with the Sabbath. Going on to the next quote. When in Noah's day were not all when men, sorry, men in Noah's day were not all absolute idolaters, but in their idolatry they professed to what? To know God. Isn't that what we read in Romans? And in the grand images they had created, their plan was to represent God before the world. So the image that that the Protestants are gonna make is to do what? Represent God before the world. But we know according to Noah, is going to lead to the grossest of evils. So she says, the class who profess to acknowledge God were the ones who took the lead in, re- who took the what? Yeah, that's, see, yeah, so took the, who took the lead? Yeah, Protestants. The they took the lead in doing this. But as you said, when you come down here, who's going to take the lead? Protestants already took the lead. So this the gross is the Adventist church. Yeah, you see the they're going to, I don't know how that's going to look. I have no idea, but they're, because it says, I, I love that you brought in that witness, and knowing the what? Yeah, Judgments of God. Yeah. That they yeah, would do know. such thing. Yeah. Pro, Protestants already took the lead. Adventists were set up, and in this history, some way, somehow, Adventists is going to take the lead. Amen. And one of the ways I think they take the lead is because this message is going to go into the church. And they take the lead. How do they take the lead? They're going to bring us to the state. Yeah, they're going to take us to the state. And by doing that, what are they doing? Strengthening the Protestants. Because now they, because remember, what did Judas do? He took the lead. He touched Christ. And then that strengthened, she says, the, the people that came with them. So when Adventists lay their hands on the people down here teaching the first, second, and third angel's message, they're going to put their hands on them. How do they put their hands? By give, delivering them up to the state. Yeah. 
So somewhere along the line, I believe before we even reach the Civil Sunday Law, we're going to have a, a, a small little taste of it, but more so probably at the Sunday Law. Um, and, and so, but I, I, I just realized that today. You so, see with, I think, I think it was Ezekiel 16 with the whole, the whole of us, the younger sister was worse. Yes, worse, amen. Worse than the, the, first, the first sister. Amen. Yeah, I like um, Swinton brought in a point. Genesis 6 is fulfilled when Adventists joined the apostate Protestants. The sons of God saw the daughters. Who are the daughters? Ah, that's so nice. Who are the daughters? We're told that the daughters is the Protestants. So when Adventists sees the Protestants, they're going to they're gonna league with them. They, they, they're gonna, they're gonna, because they're going to think they're beautiful. And what do we see Adventists doing today? Building mega churches. Doing all of these things, they're doing the same thing as the Sunday churches, inviting them on their pulpit, inviting them to pray, having feasts with them, doing work, doing evangelistic work with them and things of that sort. This is what they're doing. So the sons of God, Seventh-day Adventists, are the daughters of men. But how many sons does God have? Two. Two sons. So Protestants is the same. Protestants is doing it to the world and Adventists is doing it to Protestants. It's, it's, it's really not. When we understand these rules... It helps us to bring all these different points in. That. So Protestants is doing it and Adventists is doing it at the same time. But it's worse when Adventists do it because they know the judgments of God. Protestants know the judgment. That was 1798. All Protestants understood at, before 1798 and after it that the papacy was the man of sin. They understood that. That was a definition that Martin Luther, Tyndale, Jerome, and all of them um, taught, and they all looked forward to the time when the papacy would fall. The Protestants understood that coming out of the wilderness. They knew that, that this beast power was wrong, but we're told that the, the, the men never remember the former things. They always forget the former things, and they end up forming an alliance with the one whom they were um, once protesting against. And Adventists was protesting against apostate Protestants, but at the end of the world, they're going to forget um, that Adventists was born out of apostate Protestant, and Protestants go back to the beast, Adventists goes back to apostate um, Protestants, which they in turn, they all go back to the, the beast. Um, but, but true Adventists, the true Protestants, the, son, the true sons of God, the Enoch's and Noah's, the Job's, they're not going to do that. They're going to protest this, these things because they recognize the time or the hour in which they are living in. Um, so continue on, Deuteronomy. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male, or what? Female. What is this dealing with? Marriage. And in Genesis 6, they made a similitude of a false marriage. They were presenting before God a false image of a, of a marriage relationship that this is why I'm breaking because it says this leads to you corrupting, um, corrupting yourself. And she says the earth, the Bible says the earth was corrupt um, before the Lord. So jump down to the, um, it says, should us be driven to worship them? Go down to Psalms. Um, I'm bringing this in. I want to read the text. I didn't read it earlier. It's in, it was in part one. Um, let me bring it in. When you go to Genesis 6, um, Verse 12, it says, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his ways upon the earth. So that's what we're looking at. 
um, so we, if we, once we recognize this corruption, we know what we're looking for at the end of the world. So here's what David says. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are what? Corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looketh down from heaven. What did we just read in Genesis 6? The Lord looketh down from heaven. Genesis 6, 12 says, and, um, and God looked upon the earth. He looked down from heaven. And he says, and it was corrupt, for all flesh are corrupted his ways upon the earth. And when you go to Psalms 14, it says, um, the Lord looketh down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. So when you go to Genesis 6, when the sons of God married the daughters of men, they became filthy. That, that they, um, and when you go to the image in Daniel 2, the iron and the clay, because the clay is mixing with the iron, what do they become? They become filthy. It's the same thing, and the, and the stone smote the image. The stone was the judgment. The flood destroyed that filthiness that was corrupting the earth. When men with men in Sodom, the Lord destroyed that filthiness that was corrupting the earth. It's the same thing in which we're seeing. Psalm 73, they are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. Um, Malachi, but you are departed out of the way. You have caused many to stumble at the law. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. And th this is what was happening in Genesis 6. They were departing out of the way, corrupted themselves. And this corruption, this corruption, this union, it led the world to be filled with violence. So what we're seeing in 1989, onward down to our time, the law that was just passed a few days ago or yesterday, whenever it is now officially law, this law is, is, is going to open up the door to, to, if we thought violence was, was bad, then what this law does is going to fill the earth with increasing violence, um, like in, in such a manner in which we've never seen before. Well, what I want to bring in, when we look at that word violence in Genesis 6, nine times out of ten, if not ten times out of ten, we're just going to think murder. That, that's all that that is talking about. It's not just talking about murder. It's, it's actually talking about other things which you can see in the notes. Let's just look at what it's talking about. It says violence from age 2556. Violence by implication wrong, by monotony, unjust gain, cruel. So the earth is going to be filled with what? Wrong. It's going to be filled with unjust gain, um, damage, false, injustice. The earth is going to be filled with injustice, oppressor. Unrighteousness, violence against done, violent dealing wrong. So when the earth being filled with violence, you have to bring all of these things in. And there was, there was a word I didn't want to put in here because I didn't want to make it too long. That word, met, met, metonymy, when you look up what it means, it means one word to describe many things. That's what that word means. Just look up the definition of that, that word. One word describes many things. So the earth being filled with violence, that one word was describing all the things that the Lord saw it was filled with. Unjust gain, wrong, cruel, false, injustice, oppressor, unrighteousness, violence against done, violent dealing, and wrong. Now let's look at, um, go down with me to this, this next thought. 1798, this is what I said, we're going to show 1798 is truly um, in marks that we've reached the last days. And, and when, when we reach the last days, there's a message for that time. 1798 marks the end of the world. That's what I want to put. The end of the world. 1989 
is the end of the world. But we know there's the, there was the old world, that world ended. And then 1798 marks the beginning of the what? The new world. So one world ended in 1798 and a new world began. And, and, and to understand this a little better, just go to Genesis 6, 6, 7, 8, 6, 7, and 8, and I think 9, 6, 7, and 8, that's the old world. Genesis 9, what is that marking? The new world. So Genesis, that, that is right here. 6 ended right here because the old world was destroyed by what? A flood. What was the 1260? A flood. It destroyed the old world. And then the new world came up when Noah came out. Noah came. So it, it, it's really nice when you, when you lay that. It's right there. That was the, it was the end, but it was the beginning. It was the end of a world, but the beginning of the world. So this is showing us the beginning and the end. The end of one and the beginning of another. So when you come to the United States, this is the beginning. But what began to happen in the beginning? The same, the same, same thing. thing. They began, what, you just go two chapters over and you come to Babel. They began to, re to repeat the same thing. So you're back at the end of the world again of what you're going to see. When, when they come to the new world, they're going to immediately corrupt themselves. That's what they're going to do. So when you come to this world, they're going to immediately... I know from here to where we are today seems like a long time, but it's really a short time. America just came out, and in less than 200 years, they're going back into the wilderness. They just came out of the wilderness, and 1989 shows that they're going back into the, into the wilderness. From the moment they come out of the, the old world, immediately they're going back into the world. Protestants fell that same time that they came out. 46 years later, and the Protestants fell, joining themselves back again to the, to, the, to the teachings of the old world. Now, here's... So that, so that means that the, the disciples, as soon as they, they left um, John and went, and went to follow Christ, they immediately went to, um, to, um, to also do the same thing because a, the world is also just signifying a man. Yeah. So that's why Christ had to... He also had to send a flood, which is the foot washing, and thus cleanse them from... Um, they're mingling. From, yeah, from their, their sins. So when it comes to us at the end of the world, once we left uh, the old world, we left how we were before, we're doing the very same Amen. thing. Amen, yeah, that's right. And going Amen. back to our, our old simple way. As quickly as somebody accepts the message, they start going back. Yeah, so, yeah. We're, so we must now be looking forward to our flood, to our to a cleansing. to cleanse us from, um, from those, those wrongs that we are still doing, but now cloaking them. Yeah, because she says coming in contact with evil, you know, it, it, it dirties it, it dirties the feet, you know, so they needed to be washed again. So, yeah, as through our experience, because of coming in contact with so many things, it has affected us. All the shakings, all these different things, it has left an effect upon us. And the foot washing, as Rashad is saying, is designed to correct those evils. Because uh, all those shakings, many of us will put a wrong view upon it, and we probably don't want to talk to anybody or... Or deal with them, but the Lord needs to, the foot washing design that you need to go seek the lost sheep. Even though you went through that shaking with them, you got to go out there and seek to wash their feet and, and all of these things. So 1798, it says, the time of the end came because paganism and papalism filled the earth with violence. Keep that in mind. 17, the message at 1798 came because here, right here in 1798, the earth is filled with violence. And we're going to see, why am I saying that? They came out of the 1260. If we understand what violence means, they came out of the 1260 with a corrupt mind. They came out thinking that you can worship on Sunday. They came out thinking that, that certain things that was, was, was wrong was right. 
they came on thinking their hearts was filled with, with, with false teaching adopted by Catholicism. And because of that false teaching, the earth in 1798 was filled with violence. And right there in 1798, the message came to, to the message about what? The flood is going to come to destroy this, this corruption because the flood is the seven last plagues. So a message about the plagues arrived right there in 1798, just like it did for Noah, marking that we've reached the end of the world. And we're going to prove that as we go along. That 1790 is where the earth is filled with violence, but this is the beginning of the earth being filled with violence. 1989 is, is marking that we've reached the end where the earth is filled with violence. And the earth that's filled with violence by the time you come to 1989 is what? The United States. Because I saw another beast come about over the way. The earth, and right here the United States is filled with violence. This was its beginning, this is its end. Right there, as soon as Adam and Eve was cast out of the garden, Cain it was already filling, the, he, he was being filled with violence and he paved the way for that stuff, and it grew into what? Genesis. It grew into Genesis 6. So in this history, what did Cain do? Crucify Christ. It crucified the messages. Everyone's following? They, the Cain of this time, the Protestants, they crucified the messages, and that was just the beginning. And, and because of them crucifying the first, second, and third angel's message, it's going to fill, by the, now you come down to Genesis 6, where the earth is filled with violence, and marriage is one of the things that's going out. And 1989 marks this point where marriage is one of the things that's going out as a sign that we've reached the end of um, where Noah is, where another aspect of the message comes to us here. That, that, uh, because remember, Enoch started preaching in Methuselah, but Noah's message takes more prominence when you really reach the, the, the end. So going on, 1798, Revelation 17. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon, that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. The earth, the earth has been made drunk. This, this all happened in the 1260. So how do they come out of the 1260? They're still under the influence of alcohol. They come out of 1798 still under the influence of alcohol. So go down to Revelation 17, verse 4. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And, and in her was found the blood of prophets, of saints, and of all that were slain upon the earth. So in 1798, the papacy did its work. It filled the earth. It fills man's heart with violence. That's what she did. That whole 1260, that was just Satan using the church to prepare the world for the harvest at the end of the world, filling men's heart with violence. So in 1798, even though men was professing to know God, they still had many errors that, 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 they, had to get, that they had to get rid of. And the earth was filled with violence in 1798. It was filled with wrongs, unjust gains, injustice, and oppression. Go read Miller's testimony of how he saw the church in his day. When he looked around the church, these are the things that he saw. It was nothing but wrongs, unjust dealings, unministers was just doing all kinds of evils. This, is, this was their testimony in, in their day. It only made sense. The earth was filled with violence. So a message about the flood, the second coming, had to come. When the earth is filled with violence, a message about the flood comes. 
1989, a message about the flood comes. Here, the message about the flood coming, they thought it was the second coming of Christ on October 22, 1844. Here, the message of the flood coming is, in 1989 is that we've reached the time of the Sunday law. The flood is coming to destroy the wicked works of, of men. Millerite history, they taught it was the second coming. We now understand it was Christ coming to the, to the ancient of days, to the judgment. The cleansing here that Christ was doing was he was cleansing the hearts of men um, from the idols and the violence that their hearts have been filled with from 1798. But let us continue going down. Jump over that verse, um, usury, um, and go down to, to Daniel 11:36. And the king shall do according to his will, Daniel 11, we understand that this is the, the king of the north, the papacy. And just jump down to verse 39. Um, he shall do according to his will. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many and shall divide the land for gain. Um, go down to this quote by Miller, the bowl. The, defense, the defenders of Moisim, these saint and angel God protectors, were the monks, priests, and bishops, of whom it may truly be said they were increased with honor, ruled over many, and divided the land for gain. This is what the church did. So what were they doing? They were, they were, they were teaching the world how to get gain. This is what they were teaching the, the, um, the, the nations. This is what they were teaching the nations. Um, going down. The nations of the world took this practice with them into the new world. So now let's look at this. The end has come. Um, this was a quote that was shared last Sabbath. It says, The iniquity and spiritual darkness that prevailed under the supremacy of Rome were the in inevitable result of her suppression of the scriptures. But where is to be found the cause of the widespread infidelity, the rejection of the law of God, and the consequent corruption under the full blaze of gospel light in an age of religious freedom. What was this history called? Does anyone remember? Um, from GC? A great what? A great religious awakening. But she says in the blaze of this great religious awakening, the earth was, was filled with corruption. They came out of 1798 full of corruption. And she says, what was the cause? Remember, the curse is never causeless. So what was the cause of all of this corruption? She's telling you right here. Amen. Fighting the first, that's why they fought it, because their hearts was full of corruption. Their hearts was full of wrong. It was full of deceit. It was full of violence. It was full of wrong dealing. It was full of unjust gain. It was full of unrighteousness. And, they re and, the, and the Protestants rejected the first angel's message. And when you come down to 1989, God's people here, they're doing the same thing, rejecting the first angel's message. And they're only increasing in their corruption. The Protestants increase in their corruption. And by the time you come to April 19, when Babylon fell, and the summer of 1844, go read the testimony of our men. She says the churches was given over to pleasure. They were just pleasure lovers. All they wanted was socials. They had feasts. They were eating and drinking. They were doing whatever they want. People were marrying whomever they want. This was the spirit of the church. Why? Because they rejected the preaching of Noah. And they left from October 22nd, and it's nice, and you go down, and this is the cause of why America is the way it is today. And Ellen White says, when Revelation 18 is preached, man, we're going to highlight the sins that has been coming to the church since, since 1844. We have to understand these things. We have to recognize the natural, 
Adventist deals with the spiritual. Because the Protestants didn't go for it, they can't understand um, spiritual things. They're dependent upon natural things and, and, and paganism. Paganism, apostate Protestantism, it's Adventists who are truly going to understand spiritual. Protestants should understand spiritual things, but because they're corrupting themselves, they make it hard for themselves. The Jews should have understood spiritual things, but because they're corrupting themselves, they can't. So go down to the next bowl. It says, and now, as in former ages, oh, I should have read the whole thing. Now that Satan can no longer keep the world under his control by withholding the scriptures, he resorts to other means to accomplish the same object. To destroy faith in the Bible serves his purpose as well as to destroy the Bible itself. By introducing the belief that God's law is not binding, he, has effectually, he effectually leads men to transgress as if they were wholly ignorant of his precepts. And now, as in former ages, he has worked through the what? Through the church to further his designs. The religious organizations of the day have refused to listen to unpopular truths plainly brought to view in the scriptures. And in combating them, who's the first to take the lead? The Those who know better. The Protestants were the first to take the lead against the first angel's message. They were the first to do it. So when you come down to the end, those who know, they knew the judgments of God. So they took the lead. I, and I like that part, Romero. They know, Adventists know the judgments of God. So they take the lead. Is everyone following? They take, they take the lead. And when you come to the Sunday law, America knows the judgments of God. And what do they do? They take the lead in fighting Revelation 18. They take the lead in fighting it because Ellen White says America leads out. They persecute the great light because, remember, Christ comes when the earth is filled with violence. A message comes when they make the Sunday law. That's a sign that what? The earth is filled with violence. This is an increase of the earth. being. This is the height of the earth being filled with corruption, oppression, unjust dealings, unjust gains, taking things by violence. They're going to take Christ's people by violence. That's what they're going to do at the Sunday law. They're going to take Christ's goods, his truths, his people. That's what they're going to do. So the earth is filled. And when you get to Revelation 18, 4, God says, come out over my people. Why? Because it's just filled. And then Revelation 18, 1 to 3 says they become the cage of every unclean. And they're just filled with corruption on just in all of these evils that has been coming in. Now they're just filled with so a message, a, a new message is really going to come there about what, how the Lord's going to deal with this, 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 this corruption. So going on, um, and in combating them, they have adopted interpretations and taken positions which have sown, sown broadcast the seeds of skepticism. Clinging to the papal era of natural mortality and man's consciousness in death, they have rejected the only defense against the delusions of spiritualism. The doctrine of eternal torment has led many to disbelieve the Bible, and as the claims of the fourth commandment are urged upon the people, this is why marriage is being destroyed. It's these teachings that's leading to the destruction, because the, the, the spirit that's destroying marriage, what is it? Atheism. What led, to, what led to the destruction of marriage in the 1260? This teaching. It, it gave birth to atheism. So because Protestants clung to papal doctrine, that's why we're dealing with the issue of marriage from the time period of night. She's telling you why we're dealing with it. This is what the papacy dealt with. This is what America's now dealing with. And, and, and that leads to the destruction of a government. So this spirit leads to the destruction of a government. So when we see the sign of marriage, this is a sign that we've reached a point where the government of America is about to fall. 
Because when it came to time, the, 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 the French Revolution, that, that should have been assigned to, to who? To Catholicism, that their government was about, was about to fall. And I love one of the pioneers says 1793 marked the end of the papacy. That was a sign that it was going down. Because here France cast off the religion of Rome. So they should have read in that sign they were about to go down in a, in a, short, in a short time. So going on, jump down to the next bowl. Does the wickedness of the world exist because men have kept the commandments of God? No. It is the result of the working of the enemy of God and men who has had the world under its training for what? Many ages. So what is the 1260? Satan was training the world. He was training the world to fill the new world with what? Violence. That's what he was doing. He was already preparing for the new world. Because what is, his, what, is he, what is he think in his heart? That he can take New Jerusalem. So he's training everybody now. So when Christ resurrects them, what does he want to do? Go fill that new world with violence. But what's going to come down? Fire from God and destroy them. What's going to come down at the end down here? Fire from God to destroy that system in which they're going to set up. To convince them that this will, um, sin will not inherit the kingdom of God. It will not come in. This is why this fire comes down. But praise God, the Lord sends a fire message to convince the world sin will not inherit the kingdom of God. It will not go in there. Yes, you may have taken Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. Yes, you may have taken ancient Israel. Yes, you may have taken um, the United States of America. But when Christ gets his kingdom, you will not take it. Amen? That's what the flood is to teach. The destruction of Sodom is to teach. Babylon, Medo, Persia, Greece, and Rome is to teach that you will not take Christ's kingdom when it is set up. Um, when Christ said, so these are some nice things. So I just put this in, that 1798 marks the point where the earth is filled with violence. That's what she says here. They were under the training for 1260 years, and when they came to the new world, the earth was filled with violence. But praise God, before we enter Christ's kingdom, our hearts that's filled with violence has to be cleansed. And that's why the latter rain come, like Rashad was saying with the foot washing. What does it come to do? To cleanse the heart of the violence, the unjust gain the oppressiveness, the wrongs, the unrighteousness, the hatred for brethren, because whosoever hates his brother in his heart, what is he? He's a murderer. So the, the message comes to cleanse the heart from the these things, the violence, the in violence in you. Land. Amen. In this land, so we can enter Christ's kingdom, a cleansed people. Amen. That's what Christ is trying to do. So going on, she says, He has taught them to trample underfoot God's great moral standard, and lawlessness, corruption, and crime are the result. And I have here these heading. Paganism corrupted the world for many generations. At the fullness of time, who came? Christ. What did Christ come to do? To destroy paganism. Christ came to destroy the works of paganism. Papalism corrupted the world for many generations. At the end of the 1260 years, who came? Christ. He destroyed the works of, of, of papalism. Pay, and so go down. Apostate Protestantism is now corrupting the world with paganism and Catholic, and Catholic doctrines combined. That's what Protestants, they're doing it even worse. They're taking the teachings of paganism. They're taking the, taking the practice of Catholicism. And they're going to make an image both to paganism, um, which, because papalism is just paganism. Yeah. 
And, and in apostate Protestantism, they're going to do a worse thing than paganism and papalism. And it says, mixed with Protestant teachings. And at the Sunday law, the end, Christ comes as the reign to destroy these influences for good, first in the heart and then in reality. Because the America is the last to wage war against the people of God. She's the last to fill this land with violence. And when America fills it with violence by making a national Sunday law, they've now become a cage of every unclean and hate. They've filled America with violence. And Christ comes right there with great power to cleanse people from that violence. And those who receive that cleansing, they get to enter into the kingdom of God. So I'm going to stop here, and by the grace of God, uh, maybe I'll add to those points. So what we gain from this is that 1798 is truly the end. It marks the earth being filled with violence right there, but it's, that's the beginning of sorrows. This is just the beginning of corruption. 1989 marks the end of corruption, um, and because America come to the end of corruption, this government has to be destroyed. This government has to go. This form of, it's not that it has to go, I mean, America can repent if they so choose, but this is a sign that they're heading down, and we're going to come to the Civil Sunday Law, which Romarion Rashad, now Romarion Swindon, is going to take up. The Civil Sunday Law comes to mark the end of this government that came up in 1798. That's it. It's, it's, it's gone because of the violence that they've been filled with. They didn't receive the first angel's message, the first, second, and third angel's message in this history, this is just the beginning of that message. 1989 is teaching us the end of that message. And the end of this message is about the judgments that are going to come. This was to prepare people for the Day of Atonement. This is to prepare people for the close of the atonement. So our history, while, while we're bringing in Millerite history, we're really learning about the close of atonement. They were learning about the opening of atonement. That's why you didn't see no, no one being killed or really destroyed in that history because they can't be punished without a warning. They, they just can't be. But now that we know that we're in the day of atonement and we're coming to the close of atonement, Christ is now punishing men, uh, uh, allowing judgments to fall upon the earth to give us signs that he's about to close the judgment. And one of those signs is a false marriage. A false system of marriage is going to be introduced, which leads down. When you see that, that means the government that you see marriage being attacked in, it's about to fall. It's about to go through a revolutionary change. And that's what we're seeing in the United States. And the Civil Sunday Law marks the beginning of that revolutionary change. And now that's done. And now the church, they now begin to take the lead in, in fighting against the final piece of the message for the end of the world. So I, I pray that we would have learned some new things um, from, these, from, from these points. We'll close this out with, with prayer. I don't remember if we took prayer requests at the end. Uh, uh, prayer. We did? Okay, so we'll, just, we'll, we'll close this out with prayer, and then we'll take some prayer, just this, just this portion of study, um, take some prayer requests. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you for being with us this evening, oh Lord, and the, the, the truths in which you just opened up to our understanding and some new things. Please help us to remember these lights, oh Lord. Please, Father, we ask that you help us to develop them, um, to improve them, to polish May you polish them, oh Lord, so that they can shine with more, more luster and beauty. And we pray that they will deliver people from errors and, and falsehood whenever they see this video and whenever this video is played before them. Please forgive us of our sins. May you create in us a clean heart. And whenever we go our way for this evening, may you bless us, O Lord, with a peaceful night's rest. Thank you, O Lord, for, for your mercies and for being with us. 
here at this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.